Okay, I'm glad you're here. Um, we're, I feel very fortunate uh, right now because I'm, I, I get to say over, I have the, uh, the privilege of saying over some, some Reb Shlomo Torahs uh, from the Ishvitzer Rebbe. Um, those of you who are not uh, familiar with the Ishvitzer Rebbe, he was one of the greatest of the uh, Hasidic masters. And he was really, for the longest times, like, like very close. He grew up with uh, Rab... Uh, Menachem Mendel of Kutsk, the, the, the Kutsker Rebbe, and, um, and uh, he had a tremendous influence on, 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 on the Jewish world. Um, after he went and became a Rebbe on his own, his, his, maybe his primary uh, student was uh, Rav Sadaka uh, Kohn of Lublin, so, um, and Reb Lebla Eger. So he really, he, he was a very major figure, and and one of the, uh, just in terms of, I guess, the history of Hasidic transmission, one of the really fascinating things is, is that um, he, he sort of fell into a little bit of a, a obscurity. And it was really Reb Shlomo Karlbach who uh, repopularized him and, 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 and made him known uh, in the world again. And so, so there's a very special connection between uh, Reb Shlomo and, and the Ishvitzer Rebbe. Um, and if you listen to tapes of Reb Shlomo, you'll hear that he mentions him all the time. And so, uh, so anyway, that's just kind of like a, a footnote and an introduction. And um, so, so this is just one of many, many uh, Ishvitzer Torahs that Reb Shlomo gives over. And the thing is, is that the Ishvitzer Rebbe is not easy to understand. In fact, he's, he's perhaps, perhaps extremely difficult to understand. And so what's, what's so, what, what, what's such a blessing is that Reb Shlomo in his uniqueness actually understood what the Ishvitzer Rebbe was saying and was able to communicate it. So that in itself, so you see there's really, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a double salvation really. One, he rescued him from obscurity and two, he was actually able to communicate what his teachings actually were. So that's not, that's not a simple thing at all. So anyone who who hears this, you're, you're, and, and I include myself doubly in this, we're, we're very fortunate just to, to be able to receive any of these thoughts, because this is real greatness. Um, okay, so, so let's, uh, let's jump in. Um, this is going to be the uh, Reb Shlomo explaining the Ishbitzer on the words, Im Sai Telechu, which are the first three words of, uh, of this past week's Parsha. Uh, so, so let's just give the the traditional translation, and then um, and uh, maybe I can preface it by saying that Reb Shlomo absolutely, very strongly does not like this translation. In fact, um, in fact, that, that's almost as much uh, about this teaching as, as anything else. Just well, let me let me just continue. So it says. Um, here, here's how it's translated. If you will follow my decrees, im means if, b'chu kosai, the, uh, the, um, the, the chukim, which are translated as statutes, but they also mean those uh, category of mitzvahs which are sort of beyond the, the, the rational. Telechu has the word holech in it, means to walk. So, in other words, if you walk in my statutes. And then Hashem continues to say, 
that um, I'll provide you with rains in their time and the land will give its produce and the trees of the field will give its fruit. So in other words, blessings are going to come if you, if you follow in Hashem's ways. Blessings will come. Okay. So, so, so Reb Shlomo really doesn't like that. <laughs> I mean, he likes it. You know, what's, what's, what's bad about that? That's great. But he feels that, the, the, that what's being communicated in these words, Im sai telechu, is so much deeper. It's so much deeper. So what does it mean? What does it mean? So the first thing that Reb Shlomo points out, and again, if you want to have some keys to, um, just in terms of methodology, in terms of, in terms of understanding the depths of Torah study, Sometimes it's not just what's being said, sometimes it's what's not being said. And so, Reb Shlomo points out something very interesting here. He says that, that most psukim begin with the words, Vayadaber Hashem El Moshe, that, 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 that um, Hashem spoke to Moshe, and he told Moshe, tell the Jewish people the following things. And in fact, I think that's the most often repeated phrase in the entire Torah by far. That, that clause. And oftentimes it's a separate Pasuk. In other words, you might think that that's just the beginning. And Hashem t- said to Moshe, tell the Jewish people, and whatever the instruction is, that would be the rest of the Pasuk. And that would be one Pasuk. But no. Just that Hashem said to Moshe, say, that in itself is a whole Pasuk. And that's, that's all over the place. So what's, what, 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 what Shlomo points out here is that that phrase is missing. So, listen to the depths of this. He says, Hashem, therefore, is saying it to each and every one of us directly. And we'll come up with a translation of this, but before, before I get to it, if you'll, if you'll walk in my ways. If you'll walk in my ways. In other words, Hashem is whispering to every single one of us personally this message. Okay? No, inter- no intermediary. Not Hashem says to Moshe first. Just directly to us. So that in itself is blowing Reb Shlomo's mind. And mine too, actually. Because you really, you're really being set up to feel this on a very, very personal level. Okay. Now, now in order to work toward the point, it's going to sound like we're switching topics a little bit, but we're not. We're, 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 we now have to launch into like a real explanation of what these words mean. But in order to do that, we're going to give an example, okay? And we're going to develop it and then get back to these words, okay? So here's the example, something very, very interesting. So Reb Shlomo says like this, and again, now he's really going to try to start explaining the Ishbit Rebbe on these words. He says, imagine you have two people, and each of them have $5 bills in their hand, okay? This person has $5, and this person has $5. And he says, imagine that Outwardly, these two people seem to be more or less holding at the same level of religiosity. On the outside. They, okay, so two people, each with five dollars, both of them seem to be holding on the same level religiously. Okay, very good. He says, now imagine the first person drops the five dollar bill without realizing it. Without realizing it. And who finds that five dollar bill? Someone who's totally broke and who's starving and who's been begging God, please, I've got, I've got to get some cash. I've got to feed my family. And he finds that $5 bill 
And he goes to the grocery store and he buys food from his family and it's a big salvation. Right? That's an amazing thing. Right? Now, he says, imagine the other person. Again, outwardly, seemingly the same type of person. That person drops the $5. And what's interesting about this example is, in both of the examples, neither of them realize that they've dropped the $5. Okay? Just keep that in mind. Okay? This other person drops the $5. And who picks it up? Someone who's got $95 and needs five more dollars in order to buy a gun for a holdup. This is the example Reb Shlomo gives, okay? So he picks up the $5 and he now has $100 he can buy a gun for a holdup. Alright? Now he goes back to the first example. And Reb Shlomo says, not only does the person go and buy groceries with this $5 for his family, right? But now listen to this, the next step. The person who's working at the cash register gets this $5, right? And he says to himself, you know, there's something special about this $5. And he doesn't want, this is the owner of the shop, he doesn't want to just put it right back in the cash register. He wants to take, he says, he says, I, I, I got to do something good. Again, this is all not on a, on a rational level. This is just like the, the soul speaking, so to speak. He gets this $5. He goes, I have to do something special with this $5. And he says, he goes and he gives it to tzedakah. He gives it to charity. Okay? So you see this idea that there's a life, that there's, that we imprint our deeds with a, with a, with a stamp from our soul that then goes and it has a life of its own. It then flows from us and reverberates past us. Now, the question is, and this is, now we're going to get deeper into the, the idea, the question is, well, wait a second. Didn't you just say at the very beginning that these two people on the outside, they're pretty much same, same level of religiosity? And... Uh, Neither of them knew they were dropping the $5. So why is there such a difference between what happens with one and what happens with the other? Does everyone hear the question? Because did you ever wonder, you know, sometimes you, you say hello to someone and the guy is like, you want to start up with me? And another person you say hello to and he's like, oh, no one said hello to me all day. Right? I mean, it's like a little bit mysterious. How it is, how it is, how our actions sort of like reverberate into the world. Okay, that example with the hello is not the best example because that's that's us working on a conscious level with with someone. Here, the better example is that we don't, we're not. I'm talking about the the, the the things that reverberate from us that we're not necessarily aware of. Okay, so just to keep it straight, but just so you're all following. Okay, so now listen to this. Reb Shlomo says. Again, in the name of the Ishpitzer, he says that that there is a difference between these two people, and the question, and, and, and this is something now that we have to think about ourselves right now. And again, I, I, this is very, very deep. This is extremely deep. It says like this: What is what's going on? on a soul level with every single person. You see,
Rabbi Shlomo says he thought before he read this Torah that the deepest thing that a person can do in their life is to pray. That prayer is the deepest. He said, but the Ishbitzer says there's something called Tsa'akas Halev, which means it would be translated as the crying out of the heart. And the Ishbitzer says Tsa'akas Halev, the crying out of the heart, is even deeper than prayer. But what you have to understand is that this crying out, it's not like a crying out with tears. It's not like, oh, the heart is crying. It means that there's an aspect of every single one of us. Let's call it for now our essence, okay? But you'll see, Reb Shlomo later on gets asked a question, and I'll read you the question and answer later. He doesn't want to put any word on it. He doesn't want to put any word on what Tsa'aka Salev is, okay? But just, just so we can communicate with each other for now, let's call it a person's essence. That there's this aspect of a person's essence that's radiating out of them. That's radiating out of them. And we're going to learn more about what that is and how you can affect that and everything like that. Okay. But let's get back to this. Now remember, all of this is coming from an explanation. The Ishvitzer is explaining these three opening words of the Parsha. Im b'chukosai telechu. So let's start with a new translation of the word chukosai. So we said, so again, the, the classic sort of conventional translation, which we're going to move very, very far away from, is if you will walk in my statutes, okay? Now, chukos, again, that's a category of halacha which is beyond the rational. You can't exactly understand it. The best example being shotness, which is that we have an injunction. You can't mix wool with linen. Why? We don't know, but that's, that's what it is, you know? And I always try to make this point because I think it's a very important point. It, it, it doesn't mean that they're irrational, meaning it doesn't mean that they're not rational. What it means is, is that these mitzvahs um, are coming from a place beyond which we can comprehend, beyond our rational minds, meaning to say they're super rational. You know, if I can just pause just to, to, to make a point. You see... What we have to understand is, is that a lot of us make a very basic error. And, and the world at large is making this error all of the time. Which is that we say, if I can't understand it with my rational mind, that means it doesn't make sense. Right? But there's a great problem with that explanation. Which is that God made our rational minds. God made our brains. And God is so much greater than our brains. How can our brains grasp God who made our brains? It, it's like saying, it's like imagine a thimble talking to an, uh, to an elephant. A thimble, you know what a thimble is? It fits on the tip of your finger. A thimble talks to the elephant and says, if you can't fit into me, therefore you don't exist. Because I am the ultimate reality, says the thimble. Meanwhile, the elephant says what? Okay. <laughs> right? The elephant's still there. It doesn't go away. <laughs> and a lot of people think, they don't realize that there are many people who say, God, you don't exist. But God still exists even after the person says God doesn't exist. God doesn't go anywhere. In fact, the irony is God is keeping that person alive and the world going still. You know? Whether, whether we believe in him or not. 
Okay. So, 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 Bechukosai, that's that category of, of uh, halachas. But, Rav Shlomo is bringing from the Ishbetzer something else. He says that the word comes from the word chakika, which means to, to engrave or to carve in. Okay? So, so, what it's talking about, what Hashem is really saying to us, is not if you'll walk in my <coughs> ways, even those ways that you don't necessarily grasp with the rational mind. But God is saying, if you carve them into your heart, if you carve them into your heart, not only that, but listen to this. He translates the word im. See, again, classically, the word im is translated as if. But Reb Shlomo says from the Medrash, he says, im means mamish lashum tachununim. So to speak, God is begging us. So, so now, now we've got a very, for the first two of the three words, we've got a very, very different translation. It means that it's opening, and remember, there's no intermediary. It doesn't say, Hashem said to Moshe, right? It's saying directly, God is talking directly to us. And it says, I'm begging you to carve these things into your heart. I'm begging you, God is saying to each and every one of us, I'm begging you to carve this into your heart. But not just into your heart, into your unconscious. Into your unconscious. Because this level, which is beyond prayer, this level that we're calling right now, for, um, for just our purposes right now, our essence, right? That the only way that you can access your essence is through the route of your unconscious mind. Meaning that it's got to be so much a part of you. It's got to be so much a part of you. And this gets explained and brought together in the last word. Telechu. Im sai telechu. That means, again, telechu has the word holech, which means to walk. If you will walk in my statutes. But telechu, you see, the Medrash brings, in association with this week's Parsha, a story about King David, David Amelech. And it says that David Amelech woke up basically in the middle of the night and he thought, you know, I've got some, uh, some business to attend to. And, and then he says, and my feet took me to the base medrash. My feet took me to learn Torah. In other words, I thought that I had to do some business, but something deeper was going on inside of me. And my feet took me to learn Torah. So from this, Reb Shlomo says that your feet represent the unconscious mind. Alright? A lot of times, the measure of a person, Reb Shlomo says something very interesting. If you want to know where you're holding, you want to give an x-ray of your soul, where are your feet taking you? You know, sometimes you you know where you're going and then you end up someplace else because your feet took you someplace else. So that's a sign of what's going on in the deepest steps inside of you. So David Amalek says, I thought I went to do business and my feet took me to learn Torah. So, and now interestingly, the month of Sivan, we're about to enter into the month of Sivan, okay? It's this Thursday night, Friday. 
The month of Sivan, every month has a different body part. Now, the month of Sivan, it's one of the great months of the year because it contains the giving of the Torah at Mount Sinai. Okay? So, so what body part do you think correlates with the month of Sivan? It's the left foot. And the left foot stands for the unconscious mind. So, so in other words, it's almost, so to speak, we're leaving Egypt... And so to speak, our left foot, our walking is taking us where? To Mount Sinai, right? That's the ultimate base medrash, right? So, so Reb Shlomo says, you know, a lot of people want to know, what does God think about me? How does God feel about me? So he says, in the name of the Ishpitzer, he says, ask yourself, how do you feel about God? How much does God mean to you? And that's how much you mean to God. That's, a, that's an amazing headline right there, right? How much does God mean to you? That's how much you mean to God. Amazing, amazing thought. Now again... Rip Shlomo says, you know, these depths, these are the deepest depths, really. He says, you can go into a, you know, sometimes they have these wedding halls where you actually have uh, many weddings are going on, you know, in different rooms. It's like a business. You're all familiar with it, I'm sure. And Rip Shlomo performed many, many, many weddings. And he said, sometimes you can go into a wedding hall like this, and if you look into a room... You would not know who the bride was unless she was wearing a, a, a white gown. Otherwise, she looks the same as everybody else. And the same with the groom. He says, but there are other wedding halls where you look in and the bride and the groom are shining. Right? Did you ever see like a tzaddik or someone like that or someone very special? Or has anyone ever said to you even better, you're shining? Right? If you're shining, that's where the shining comes from. <coughs> that's where the shining comes from. It's from the tziakas halev, the crying out of the heart, the person's essence, which correlates, which correlates with the unconsciousness, which correlates with how deeply you carve Hashem's will into your heart. If it's carved in, then it becomes part of your essence. Once it becomes part of your essence, it becomes part of your unconsciousness. Then it goes down to your feet. Then it takes you to places which are good places. And it emanates and it shines out of you. Do you hear the process? And it all begins with the carving into the heart. And asking yourself this question, how important is Hashem to me? Could you repeat that one more time, that series? Yeah, I hope that I can. <laughs> I'd like to hear it myself. <laughs> Let's do it again. We'll do our best. So, if a person is shining, what does it mean that a person is shining? If a person is shining, that means that it's radiating out, radiating out from their essence. 
It's, it's just like, it's shooting out, it's crying out from them. And how do you influence that? That's through your unconscious mind. And how do you influence your unconscious mind? By carving the Torah into your heart. And if you carve the Torah into your heart, then it goes all the way down to your feet, and then it takes you, even if you think rationally, I'm going to this place, your feet take you to another place, to a holy place. So this is, this is the process. This is the process. So, so Reb Shlomo says a lot of times, you know, he gives another example, after the wedding hall, right? He says, you know, you go into a shul on Simchas Torah, and that's, you know, classically the day where everyone's dancing. He says, some shuls, they're not dancing. He says, how come they're not dancing? He says, because it didn't make it down to their feet. If they're not dancing, it didn't make it down to their feet. So, I was very proud of the minion, of the happy minion when I learned this Torah, because I was like, okay, we're making every Shabbos into Zimchus Torah. Thank God. Thank God. God willing, right? So, so, so at, at least on, the, at least on the, the feet test, you know, we're okay. But, but that's, that's what a person has to look at, you know? And you know something that's interesting? This is me talking right now, but, but I know that um, I learned one time in the name of Rabbi Nachman from Breslov that if a person wants to sort of speak, if they're feeling down or depressed and they want to jumpstart their mood, that they should, that they should dance. <laughs> they, they just should start, dan- just start dancing, you know? And you know, I think that if you think about it, based on what we just learned, it makes a lot of sense. Because what you're doing is you're accessing your unconscious. Right? Because if you're, if you're dancing, if you're just dancing, or jumping, or whatever it is, then this is sending a message from your feet. I'm being very serious right now. It's sending a message from your feet, to your unconscious, to your heart, and then it reaches the mind. Right? So you can like jumpstart your mood. You can reverse engineer the process. So, so now let's bring it back to our initial example so that we're all on the same wavelength. The $5 from the person who dropped it that all of those mitzvahs came through, that person's essence is so holy and so pure and their heart is shouting out so much that the actions that flow from them will also have great benefit in society. You see? Whereas the person who's like a little bit disconnected, so, it, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't get into their things. It doesn't get into their things so much. You know, I'll tell you something. The, it might sound a little bit way out, you know. But your, your neshama, your soul, gets into your physical objects. And, uh, you know, it gives them a bit of a flavor, you know. And there's certain people who are very sensitive who can sense these things. And uh, I remember a story that I heard. I, I believe it was the Chose of Lublin gave one of his top people, and I'm, I'm afraid to say the name of the Rebbe because... 
I might get it wrong, but I know it was from the Chos of Lublin. He gave him a white shirt, and it was a white shirt to be worn on Shabbos. And uh, it was a big gift. That was a big gift. The Chos of Lublin was one of the holiest people that ever lived. He gave him a, a white shirt, and this person took the white shirt, this Rebbe, and he saw someone who didn't, didn't have uh, clothes, and, and he gave him the white shirt. And the Chozo of Lublin was, was not happy with the guy. It's like, no, I, it's like, I gave that to you. It was for you. Certain things are for us, and, uh, and we have to appreciate that. But the idea was that the reason was because that, that shirt, because it belonged to the Chozo of Lublin, it was a special gift. It had, you know, something of him on it. Something of him on it. Tell you something else, and this is all. These are all asides from the teaching. Don't. This is not me further explicating the teaching. But what I'm trying to say is that in one's actions, part of themselves get into their actions. Is what I'm trying to say. That's really the point. These are just sort of like side illustrations. I was once at a a wedding, and I saw someone had something which was like a prized possession. And he was sort of like very sort of quietly showing it to a couple of people. And I thought, that's strange. It looks like a shirt. And it's another shirt story, right? It was a white shirt. And it was a shirt that had belonged to the Lubavitcher Rebbe, the, the last Lubavitcher Rebbe. And it was not so long after he left the world. He had this shirt. And people were sort of like very sort of excitedly checking it out, you know. Um... Our essence gets into our things. And again, this is, this is one level in which the world is being run. And I'll tell you something. Again, this is, this is me talking. We've, we've, we've basically finished what, what, what I had to say from, 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 from Reb Shlomo in the name of the Ishvitzer Rebbe on this. Okay? Well, let me just really bring it full circle. Well, I'll give you this example. Because a lot of people don't talk about this and it's good for you to know. There are basically three judgments in a person's life. One is every single year, which happens at Rosh Hashanah. Okay? One is at the end of 120, after a person's life. They stand before the heavenly court and they see, you know, what they did right. Maybe what wasn't so much. And, uh, and then the next judgment comes by the time of the resurrection of the dead. And what's so intense about that is the person sees how their, how their actions affected all of the generations till Mashiach comes. In other words... And I'm just making this up as an example, but to give you in a sense a sense of how awesome this is going to be, how awesome this moment is going to be. Imagine I leave a restaurant, and you know sometimes you get like a basket of bread, and sometimes you don't eat the bread, but you paid for the bread. It's part of your bill, so you can just leave the bread there, right? Or you can take the bread, and you can try to find someone who needs some bread, right? And you know sometimes if you don't see someone. You can just put it on a uh, next to a public phone, or you put it on top of a mailbox, or something like that. They'll find. It. They'll find. It. 
person who needs the bread will find it. Or on a bench by a bus station. They'll find it. They'll find it. You know? Yeah. It's a good thing. So imagine, imagine, imagine you leave the restaurant and you take the bread and, and you put it out in a place where someone can find the bread. Now imagine someone finds the bread and this person is very, very desperate. He's a very desperate person. And he eats the bread and now, you know something, he doesn't have this pain in his stomach and he can relax a little bit. And you know what? He doesn't hold up someone or he doesn't steal from someone because now he's relaxed. Now imagine the person he doesn't steal from now has their bag with their plane ticket in it and they're able to fly to this place and they meet their husband or their wife and they have a kid who turns out to be a very great person. Right? Where did it come from? Because you took the bread from the bread box and put it on the bus bench. I mean, bless you. Can you imagine, can you imagine what this judgment by the resurrection of the dead is going to be for each and every one of us? Can you imagine what it's going to be like to see each of your actions radiate through the generations? Can you imagine what this is going to be? Can you imagine that there are things that we think are so small that, so I did that, who cares? I'm nothing. Who cares? I took some bread from there and I took it off five feet and I put it over there. Who cares? Can you imagine? We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. And if you're on the level of someone who's who's shining, then the things that radiate from you become even more exalted because it's going to be just the right person who's going to find it. And it's not going to stop at that step because the step that comes after that, right? The cashier who gets the $5, he doesn't put it back in the thing. It's his $5. He goes, no, this I want to give to tzedakah. So let's bring it back now. Let's bring it back to the first three words. Im So again, let me give you the classic translation. If you walk in my statutes. Okay? Now listen to what it is. Im. Remember the Medr says, Hashem is saying, I'm begging you. Bechukosai. To engrave it to engrave it into your soul, to make it part of your unconsciousness that it should go so deep with you. I'm begging you to make this a part of your essence. And to lechu, so that all of your actions, all of your walking, should be guided by it. That your unconscious mind, that it should sink so deep within you, that it's going to take you and your future actions to the holiest of places. And again, all without that preface, Hashem says to Moshe, doesn't say that. Hashem is saying it to each one of us personally. Like Reb Shlomo says, like, almost like a love note that's being slipped to you personally. And then Reb Shlomo comments, he says, do you see what the Ishvitzer does with three words? Can you imagine what the Torah is? It's more than three words. 
These are three words. These are three words. You know, if you have a... Imagine, just as an example, if you have a string. But let's say that string... Just go with me for a moment. Let's say that string is made out of infinity. Okay? And you have a long string of infinity. And you clip off just the tiniest piece from that string. Do you know how big that string is? It's infinite. Three words. But it's, these are three words clipped from infinity. Right? So Hashem should bless us. We should really be able to just to shine. Really to shine. Okay. Yeah.